This is Saab and you are watching VVIP and we have a special guest today all the way in Dubai, Phil. So welcome Phil to Dubai. How do you feel about it? I feel great. This is awesome being here. Thank you. Okay. Can you please like introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Phil Heath, a seven-time Mr. Olympia. So how do you feel about seven times, Mr. Oh, being seven-time Mr. Olympia is an incredible accomplishment. Um, being tied with Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously, uh, as he won seven, but uh, actually won seven in a row. So, like, it's just, you know, unfathomable, really. And, uh, you know, I never got into bodybuilding thinking that I would be a world champion, let alone Mr. Olympia, seven years. And uh, with the record being eight, I'm right behind some of the greatest of all time with Lee Haney and Ronnie Coleman. So seven-time Mr. Olympia for sure is like, you know, awesome. It feels great being able to travel around the world, meeting people. Uh, they recognize you everywhere. Um, you know, becoming someone's role model is also an incredible responsibility that you happen to take on whether you like it or not. But I, I take it with great gratitude and appreciation for what I've been able to achieve. So overall, I, I'm uh, elated over this experience. Okay, so how it feels, for example, like f since the first time you have the first title and having multiple title, is it more responsibility to have that title under your belt? Absolutely. Winning your first one, you realize that every why in the road that was taken got you to this point. So, of course, it's one of those experiences where it's almost like your life flashed before your eyes. Like, wow, like all those decisions I made from young adolescence to early adulthood to now got me here and it was worth every ounce of sacrifice and dedication. Um, now, repeating that process took a lot of sacrifice, obviously, um, but a lot of hard work because you always have uh, the rest of the world coming after you. So you not only are running your own race, but now you're trying to beat your own personal best every year to maintain that level of excellence. So I would say each year has its own uh, individual story as to how I was able to retain that title. And um, it helped me grow into be a better man. Uh, since you start actually your career, starting basketball, you know, playing for Denver, uh, Denver Division One, how do you make that shift to bodybuilding? Oh, <laughs> playing basketball uh, was my first love for sure. And I was very fortunate to obviously have some good God-given genetics and being able to apply those into bodybuilding. Uh, to be honest, not being the star athlete in basketball led me to bodybuilding. So I'm very thankful that I didn't play in the NBA or something like that because I would have probably played and then never found the sport of bodybuilding. But due to the fact that I ran into some friends in college that were already competing and they always just provided a lot of positive encouragement to say, hey, you should try this, man. Like if basketball doesn't work out, you should always just, just work out, man. And you already have a good physique already. And I would always be very, very shy and say, oh, I could never look like those guys in the magazine. And next thing you know, three, four years later, I'm on the cover of that magazine. So it just goes to show that anyone even watching this or listening, you just never know until you try something new. And you always have to just be willing to put your best foot forward. So how it goes, like when you decide the first time to do a competition, you know, how how you go to that experience, you know, it must be like something you cannot forget. I'll never forget my first experience. I mean, you go from watching it as a spectator to being extremely nervous and anxious at the same time. 
because in basketball, you're always wearing like the baggy shorts and the, the sneakers and whatnot. In bodybuilding, you're wearing, wearing very little clothing. <laughs> so it's like your nightmare uh, coming to life because every insecurity can come out on to your expressions on, on stage. So you have to be very comfortable with who you are uh, throughout that preparation um, going into contest day. So you learn a lot about yourself, like how do you how you maintain your level of composure under that stress. So I, I, I would say that my first experience was very nerve wracking. Thank goodness I won my first contest because not a lot of people win their first amateur show. So I was able to experience um, individual achievement by having people, you know, applaud my my hard work, whereas normally playing on a team sport, the team wins. And uh, even if you scored all the points, your team won. Whereas for this, you put in the work, you ate the food, you did the cardio, you did the workouts, you dealt with life, you know, ups and downs and obstacles just to get you to this point. So uh, it definitely drove me to want to continue this sport. Okay. Back to the time, like before the social media and everything, how actually you find the inspiration between like your food uh, routine, you know, and nutrition and everything, you know, so how cre how you create your own like a uh, mode of uh, uh, food. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Back in 2002, the only thing we had as a resource was Flex Magazine, Muscle and Fitness, and books, those things. Um, the internet was not as uh, vast with knowledge that we have now, and social media wasn't even a thought. So, you know, I, I took photographs and would uh, actually print them out, because that's what we all did. And I would then take, um, like a marker, a texture, and like almost pseudo Photoshop, like how I would want my physique to look. So I'd say, okay, you need more shoulders. So then let's go buy a flex magazine with the favorite bodybuilder that has the best shoulders and follow his routine. And then I started uh, writing down every type of food I would eat and then cross-referencing the books with the magazines, but with also how I looked. So I was doing like weekly progress pictures of myself. And that way I was able to dictate um, whether or not the certain process was working uh, because visually in bodybuilding, that's what you're graded on. Um, you're not graded on how much weight you can lift, but you're graded on how uh, muscular and separated and conditioned the muscle is. So I was able to become my own trainer uh, by just reading um, tons of material on how to gain a better physique. Wow. Okay, and also there is a very important fact when it comes to bodybuilding, which is actually uh, the discipline, you know, and your lifestyle. Um, how you have that balance actually? Because you need to work out mostly like twice a week or three times a week. You know how you ha you you have that dedication. What is really motivate you? I think understanding that if you want something you never had before, you got to be willing to do something you never done before. And I live by that, and I recognize that. Anything that you can close your eyes and envision, like how you want to uh, look or something that you want to achieve, if you think about it long enough, you actually could potentially get emotional about it because it's it's your dream. So you're never supposed to give up on those dreams. And you have to work very, very hard and, and very smart to get those small little victories here and there. So although you have like your five-year plan, but you should also have a plan every week. Yeah. And that's where you start developing uh, relentless momentum. And once you start getting that momentum going, like you, those workouts become more intense. 
because you develop more confidence. And in order to promote more confidence, you have to be a student of yourself and how you handle your stress and how you understand your body and you're listening to your physique and you're, and you're paying attention to what food to eat. And then most importantly, are you having fun? If this is something that uh, you find enjoying, uh, enjoyable, you're going to continue to learn about it and you're going to love every second of it. Even those hard leg days that normally you would be scared to do, you challenge yourself because it's what you want. And normally with maybe even in your own personal career, you may not want to go to that nth degree because you're just satisfied just being right here. But with bodybuilding, you're you're always in the pursuit of one's own perfection. And it's something that I I, I realized very early on that this is my physical art and I, that I get to express in front of strangers that will maybe encourage them to go after their dreams, whether it be in bodybuilding or something else. Yes. You mentioned a very important point when you speak about the first time you see the magazine and you said, why not? I can be there. You know, nowadays, uh, actually, social media become very disadvantaged for bodybuilders because um, by exposing their own achievement on social media, you know, how you deal back then time with like uh, negativities and that kind of rejections and many things that you cannot do it. How you advise the people today is to go against uh, bullying? Absolutely. Right now. I agree like with back in the day, it was very easy to kind of put your blinders on and just stay focused. Now, because of social media, so many people have access to you and they can tell you um, how they feel. And one thing I will say is uh, playing basketball, playing football, stuff like that, you, you do recognize that you're gonna have hecklers and haters and people just trying to distract you. Uh, for me, I realized that early on that um, if you're good, people are going to like it. Some people aren't. And sometimes the people that don't like it, uh, they're just heckling you. So it, it does take a, a lot of thick skin to, to be able to deal with those naysayers. But th those people, uh, any type of bully in that regard, usually are the ones that know how good you could actually become if you don't listen to them. Because yeah. that's why they're pulling you down, because they've already given up on their dreams. And they see potential in you. So if they can get into your mind, misery loves company. So for me, I recognized that right along. I was like, oh, he's just talking this crap because he wants me to be like him. He wants me to be a loser. I'm a winner. So I'm going to continue to strive for my own personal level of excellence. He's going to have to now just watch me do me. I'm going to run my own race and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to smile as I pass him by. So for anyone that is dealing with those things nowadays with social media, you can always turn it off. <laughs> you don't have to share everything. You can go private. But just know that like you're going to receive love, hate. You're going to get some negativity. It could be from your parents. It could be from your best friends. Just know that if you're going after your dreams, your aspirations with good intentions, you're living your life. You live your life because at the end of this life, do you really want to say, well, I did everything just to please these people? Because I guarantee you, they're not doing the same for you. They're living their life. So just run your own race the best way you can. Have good intentions. Stay positive through all the, all the nonsense. And just remember, like, if you want to be great, it comes at a price where people are going to misunderstand you. They're going to pick at you. But that's just a reminder of, of the opportunity that is on the other side. 
if you just stay focused. He seems too much excited about actually traveling and connecting with people to your art. How that things actually add value to you going to like different country, different area, meet people, meet people actually how they feel about bodybuilding because actually you are holding the global ambassador for bodybuilding, you know, how this affect you in your life? It affected me in a larger scale than what I probably let on, but I can say now, um, I'm just excited. I'm just very thankful for being in this role where I can become someone's role model. I can actually connect with people, not just on social media, but I get an opportunity to travel to their country because let's face it, um, a lot of people may not have the resources to fly to America or let alone watch me compete at the Mr. Olympia. So when I can go into their own backyard, into their hometown and meet them at an expo, I love to shake their hand. I love to be able to take the pictures with them because I can only imagine I, when I was a kid, we didn't have social media. So if I were to see a, an athlete or celebrity, just to touch them would have been like the greatest thing. An autograph would have been the greatest thing. And now I get to do that. So I, I just think it's a, an incredible opportunity to meet people to travel millions of miles. I've been able to do that. And I'll be honest, like the jet lag is real, but it's worth it because I understand that at one point in time, I also was an amateur bodybuilder waiting. I waited four hours in 2004 to meet eight-time Mr. Olympia Ronnie Coleman. I waited for four hours. So I understand to be in a queue for that long and to be nervous and your palms are sweating. You're like, oh my God, there he is. I just want to meet him. I just want to touch him. I just want to buy a photograph that I can have him autograph so I can show it off to my friends. So I understand that. And it's sometimes you have to remind yourself where you came from. So then when you're in that position, you do not what I call Hollywood uh, a fan. I can't sign everybody's autograph or take everybody's selfie, but I can always acknowledge them and say thank you. And the key, I can't, I can't, I can't, but I thank you. What's your name? Oh, Tom. Thank you, Tom. I have to go. But you do your best and you, you lead with positive, um, you know, energy and those good intentions will penetrate those fans, I believe. So how you feel like about actually Middle East and Dubai in general that's promoting like fitness and um, bodybuildings and so much like actually you have big fan base in the Middle East, you know. So what is your opinion about um, the bodybuilding in the Middle East in general? I think they're some of the most passionate fans I've ever encountered. And I'm I'm so honored and privileged to to meet them and to be their champion, you know, on and off the stage. So, you know, I I enjoy it, like for sure. I mean, trust me, if I could come out here more to meet them, uh, I'm, and I and I hope to plan on doing that because there is that love. And just like any athlete, celebrity, whatever, they they're always going to look at the areas of the world where they have the most uh, fanfare because they want to meet those people. They know that like, Hey, in the middle East, like if you're, if your name is big, like why wouldn't I make an opportunity? And, you know, obviously having promoters like Nick Blair with the Dubai muscle show, um, then providing those opportunities, not just for me to make a living and, and to be paid to come out, but actually to connect with those, with those fans that would never have an opportunity like this. So it's, it's really good to be able to, have it work for uh, the athletes, 
the celebrities and the fans. Very good. Normally, like when you work out, for example, in the gyms, what is your like um, motivation source? Like, do you listen music? Like, I want to hear from your point how you keep yourself motivated every day because I'm sure you pass a lot of muscle pain and that mm-hmm. kind of experience. Yes. There is something that actually you go through to motivate yourself. Yes. So every time I go to the gym, I try to remember why I'm going in the first place, and that purpose is what drives me and. Because sometimes I, I can say, if you just drive to the gym and you don't really think about what you're going to do, you're going to go in there and you're going to get distracted. So I go in there thinking, if I'm training chest or I'm training back or I'm training legs, what exercises do I want to do? This is about me. This is the one time that I can make this about Phil Heath, nobody else. And if I put those headphones on, that music has to have purpose also to get me to lift that weight the best way I can. So it can be spoken word, it can be rock, it could be heavy metal, it could be hip hop, it could be dance, it could be anything for that workout. And I use a mixture of everything because you gotta keep in mind, I've been bodybuilding for 15 plus years uh, professionally. So, you know, those workouts can become very monotonous. So (laughs) you definitely have your playlist for, hey, this is Phil's playlist when he's energized. This is his playlist when he's tired. This is his playlist when he's angry or sad. And you have to do that. And we have the luxury to be able to do that. So it's just having what I call more method to one's madness. So I go into that gym and everybody knows that Keith, that guy. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, man. You can tell he loves what he's doing because I love every second of it. You seem so much like uh, passionate about your own art. And um, I'm sure like one of the future champions right, right now, like watching this interview and he want to hear your advice to yourself, actually, when the first time you heard that magazine and you say yourself, I can be champion. So what really advice you give to everyone that actually want to have a career in bodybuilding, you know, and um, like just like motivation message, you know, to them? Well, you got to train hard. You got to train smart and overall you got to have fun. If you're not having fun, this is going to be a chore and we don't like chores. We like something that we want to do for ourselves. And bodybuilding is one of those very few things that if you do it correctly, you can look great and you can feel even greater. So I would say that maybe one more thing, no one can want success more than you. So with bodybuilding, just like anything else, no one can want you to be a better salesman than you, a husband, wife better than you, bodybuilder better than you. So that means you have to be willing to do the work and you can't always rely on someone else to do it for you. If we've worked out together and you're trying to lift and I happen to spot you, but yet I'm lifting all the weight, you're not getting the benefit. Mm -hmm. So at some point in time, you have to decide, you know what, I should be lifting this weight. I can't have Phil always with me, pushing me every day and me not doing my part. So make sure you give a damn about your own success every single day and be willing to do that when no one's around. And I guarantee you, you're going to surprise yourself on just how great you can be. Well, you see, like uh, recently, there is uh, many negativity on term of like uh, some people under, entering to the industry and try to take medicine and try to ac- like accelerate the process in negative way that actually harm. And there is many cases right. people passed away. You know? So what is your, your opinion on 
people are rushing to have that quick result instead of like go to the whole process right. and helping the body on long term. I think everybody needs to understand that it's, um, you know, although it's a marathon, you have to run that race smart. And you have to also understand that rushing that process, did Picasso rush his process? Michelangelo rushed that process? If they rushed, it would not be a masterpiece. So you miss that Bruce Lee, like all those people like that, even for me, I admire. This is an art. Art takes time. Art takes precision. It takes patience. So when you try to rush those things, it's not as beautiful. And you actually in bodybuilding tend to have it not be a true form of artistic expression because you think, oh, well, if I take this, if I do this, I'll get like this. But what if that doesn't work? Well, I'll just do more. Well, now it's not art. It's obsession. And that's not how it is supposed to look. And usually when you see people on stage, you can kind of tell who rushed it and who took it the slow way. And, um, you know, for me, uh, fast food never tastes good as a home-cooked meal. Home-cooked meal took time. The reason why a home-cooked meal always tastes better, like mom's cooking always tastes good, is because they made it with love and, and passion and precision and understanding. Bodybuilding is the same way. When you have it with love and passion and you understand everything, it's not fast food. And you promote a physique that over a course of time, you will be proud of the trans transformation each and every year. But if you want that too soon, we've seen in history that it, they never became a Mr. Olympia. Those people that shared the same patience as the Schwarzenegger and myself over the last 55 years of the Mr. Olympia contest, you see the difference in the physique. And it was because they chose it as a patient, artistic form of expression that once we got done competing, we all kind of share the same story of how we went about it. And we did it with intelligence, not just the physical part. So I always encourage people to become better students of themselves and be very patient because um, even a, you know, we're, you know, even like a, I wouldn't say a president, but maybe like a, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Think of Jeff Bezos with Amazon. He's the, like, supposedly like the most wealthiest man in the world. He didn't start off like that. He had to be patient. His company wasn't thriving the first year, the first five years. Um, it took him time to get to a point where he was probably comfortable and knowing like, wow, I actually have an opportunity to really be uh, a success. But if you rush that or you get cocky or arrogant, that's when those companies that go up, they come crashing down. And the same thing can happen with one's physique when they're um, not paying attention to their nutrition and their... Um, you know, their process. So, so uh, uh, to end this interview, we have very important questions. How important for you felt between the physical uh, health and the mental health, you know, in this careers? I think it definitely starts with mental, but usually physical is what gets people going because they're like, hey, I see this guy. I want to just go in there and I'll train and I'll not know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm just I think I know what I'm doing and I'm getting those endorphins. So I start feeling something. I start feeling awesome, but I'm not getting results. <laughs> so now I have to think 
why am I not getting those results? And that's when the process of transformation begins is because now you start really thinking as to why you're doing everything. Why do I drink this coffee? Why do I drink this water? Why do I eat this? Uh, how can I eat when I'm traveling around the world and still be healthy? So thank you so much. It's really interesting and uh, energizing interview. Thank you. And uh, we wish to see you again here in Dubai. Thank Absolutely. you so much.